Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final episode of Reboot Already Underway's Best Picture Recap. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. Year. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it's the Bohemian Rhapsody. You definitely couldn't read the title. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, no, it's not Bohemian Rhapsody. And it will never will be. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> ah, God, I hate that we're already talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. I told you, you it was going to be every episode. You called it, and you, you insured it. I you did insure it. it. I have more thoughts than even last time, but I don't want to even get into it right now. So About Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's let's just not <laughs> get into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the favorite, though. That's what we're talking about. Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Indeed. Some might even say it's my favorite Yorgos Lanthimos movie. I would. Just not gonna respond, or I'm 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 contemplating walking away from okay, uh, gotcha. the podcast currently. <laughs> gotcha. Is it yours? Is it your favorite uh, of the two you've uh, seen of your ghost signs? Uh, I'd I'd have to think about it a more. I, probably, probably. Okay. I really do like the lobster. Yeah, I, I, the lobster same. was like in my top ten of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that 2016? 15. 2015? Wait, 15. Yeah. 60. It Whichever was 60. it was. It was 60. <laughs> Whichever it was, is in my top 10 for that year, and the favorites in my top 10 for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I, they're just, they're all, they're, they're very similar and very unique, and it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, they're very much at the same level. So I don't know yes. which one I would pick as my favorite, but they're both really good. Yeah. I, def- I definitely need to check out his uh, other films now. I, always, I meant to get to The Killing of a Sacred Deer last year and never did. It's so but. good. That one's... Oh Same. I need to get to more of his. Uh, but anyway, the favorite is my favorite of his. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I I used a favorite pun in my uh, letterbox review as well. So, you know, who, yeah. who am I to... You gotta do to what you gotta do. I mean, it's it's the obvious choice. It's the obvious choice. Like... You know, the jokes write themselves, Academy, so might as well just give this one the award, you know? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we came out of this movie, because I, I had seen it before, but then I was like, we gotta go see it again, I wanna see it again. Um, the first time... What if... Wait, wait, hang on. What if, like, when they announce the Best Picture nominee, <laughs> yeah. they do, like, an intro, and they're like, and this year, uh, it, it's like, the favorite... Uh-huh. Film of the Academy is Bohemian Rhapsody. What if that's what if they troll us? <laughs> I think <laughs> I can't say that on the podcast. <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We were coming out of the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were coming out of the theater, and I'm just like, yeah. First time I saw it, I was like, there are a couple things I'm, I'm not super high on. Second time, I'm like, nah, I think that movie's really close to perfect. Like, even if maybe there are some things that even still don't put it above something like, say, Paddington 2? Or uh, Roma? I would not say Paddington 2, but... <laughs> um, there's so much here that is just so perfectly executed that it's just... it's. I don't come... Aw- I, I haven't come away from it thinking, I would change this, or, or this I didn't like. Like, everything... Mm-hmm. From beginning to end, I'm just I love it. I, I'm enchanted by it. Yeah, and and like one of the things that we talked about after getting out uh, was uh, the the length of it. Like, because mm-hmm. I I felt like you know it was a touch too long. It, it felt like it was a touch too long in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you were like, yeah, I felt that way this the first time I watched it, and then the second time it didn't bother me. And yeah. I could totally see that being the case for me as well. Mm-hmm. I think that happens all the time with movies where uh, when you know where it's going, it doesn't feel as long ever. Right. So, right. yeah. So, like, that was, like, my one complaint with the film is just <laughs> that at the at the end I started to kind of really feel the length of it. And it's not terribly long. It's, like, just two hours. Yeah. But it just, at the end of it, there's... I, I think it's just because because of the nature of the plot, there's a lot of like back and forth and back and forth, <laughs> and you know. So after a while, you're just kind of like, are we gonna go through another cycle of this, or are we at the end? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more of like the anticipation of 
let's just get into spoilers. I, yeah, we're gonna get into spoilers. If you haven't seen it, it's a huge recommend from me. Um, know what you're getting into though, because this movie, while it's certainly the least weird Yorgos Lanthimos movie I've seen, <laughs> it's still pretty weird. It is. It is very weird. This is. This is. Uh... This is kind of like the shape of water of this year, where it's just like, on the one hand, you're like, oh yeah, I can understand why the Academy would go for that. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, you're just like, the Academy went for this? This is such a (laughs) weird movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, I recommend. It might still be playing somewhere near you, so Uh, check it out. Um, Okay, spoilers. Did you, yeah, uh, did you want to start with I, The reason I came up with this is, like, is there another cycle of this? But I think something I, I, like, really love about this is how, even though you do feel like there are cycles to it, where it's like, oh, now Rachel Vice is on top. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> Rachel Weisz is the favorite. (laughs) Yeah, she is. (laughs) I can't leave this in, right? Yes, you can. Okay. You you have to. It's it's too good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Rachel Weisz is the favorite. Um, But Emma Stone... What are their character names? I'm going to look it up. I'm stone as Abigail, yeah. right? And then yeah. it's uh, Sarah. Sarah. When Abigail becomes the favorite, she just grabs it and runs with it. Like, there's... Even though there are, like, smaller moments of, like, oh, she still, you know, cares and loves for Sarah, but it's, like, she's just... This is my favorite Emma Stone performance, maybe. Because it's just so different... For what she normally does, and it's so manipulative and like evil. <laughs> it's like evil, <laughs> like to a point. Like there's, there's a point where it definitely shifts, where it's like, oh, she's just ruthless and an awful person. Cause I, the way they, the way he, who wrote this? He he helped write it, I believe, right? Yeah, and then there was, yeah, um, or maybe not. No, he didn't. No, write oh, it. oh that, yeah, this was the one film of his he hasn't written. That's that what, would explain that's what the dialogue <laughs> compared to the last two movies of his I've seen. What do you like, mean? I love his dialogue, but it's like purposefully wooden. Oh yeah, and this yeah. one, that's whole stylistic choice. It's just not here. Um, but the way the way it's written, like the audience has let in on Abigail's like manipulation just as often as Sarah is or like when she's let in on it mm-hmm. it's so good man this movie's so good <sighs> yeah and like i think i think one of the things the film does well is kind of like encouraging the sympathy for Abigail in the beginning mm-hmm. and then slowly shifting that sympathy as it goes on i think they handled that really well because mm-hmm. at, at the start of the film you're just kind of like okay there is a bit of ruthlessness but at the same time it's also kind of uh, a commentary on like what it takes to uh survive in that world mm-hmm. you know like she can either sleep on the floor with all the uh other people all the other helpers in the kitchen or she can you know get her own bedroom and it's like you know what is she prepared to do to yeah but then there's it's the point where but she then, realizes yeah. she's well set off she and, doesn't need to do anything else, and she but she's just going. Like, and the, screw it, like I'm that's, going. That's the thing about uh, about power is yeah. like you think you just you want enough to uh, feel safe and you know feel like you can just uh, get by, and then mm-hmm. it keeps it, it keeps on going. Yeah. Oh man, that like even at the end where it's like she's done these awful things. You're like still like somewhat willing to be like okay whatever. Again, you did what you had to do to to survive in the world. Mm-hmm. But when she like puts her foot on that rabbit and like starts to crush it a little bit, you're like oh nope. <laughs> you're like you you're you're beyond redeemable at this point. Like you're awful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
And not just that, but oh my god, the, the we're getting right into the ending, if we yeah. can, just like the sadness of it. Because another mm-hmm. thing the film does really well is, uh, y- you know, like um, the, the the there's a there's this kind of idea that like the film is just oh it's all about how women are just you know manipulative and will backstab each other and all this sort of stuff. Like a lot of critics are saying like oh that's all the film's about. And it's like no, what's really great about the film is the way that you know uh, Sarah and Queen Anne like genuinely care about each other and have this good relationship. Yeah, and just the the tragedy of losing that you know it's Mm -hmm. it's really sad in the end oh yeah oh absolutely there's i i that's interesting i had not heard that perspective on it i think i I think it was like one of the uh i think it was some of the academy voters to be honest were just like is this really sending a good message it's all about how women are just manipulative manipulative and backstabbing and mean to each Mm, other and it's like uh, no it's not it's about how you know the, the two of them, the the two of them had like this really good relationship, and then Abigail came in and you know. <laughs> yeah, ruined everything. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh man, this movie's so good. Um, because I mean, I, like that's like I think I think to a certain extent, Sarah is obviously also using mm-hmm. the queen to get into a better position in society, mm-hmm. but then you know. At, a, at the point where she stops fighting back, like, mm-hmm. that's the point where, you know, the sympathies really shifted. Yeah. Where it's instead of, like, she's not in it for the power mm-hmm. at that point. We're playing different games. There's, yeah. That, 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 that is, so line is perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you think you've won. <laughs> We're playing different games. Oh, my God. This movie is so well written and so funny. It is so funny. Like, subdued, very subdued humor. But throughout, there's... Nicholas Holt is hilarious in this Nicholas movie. Nicholas Holt is really good. He's possibly, the, like, the funniest part of the movie. Every time he's on screen, he just, like, exudes this... It, like, this... <laughs> I don't even know what energy you'd even call it. He's, like, this indignant and yet just, like, totally fed up with everything, like, energy. And he's just... You just almost feel for him in a way because you're like yeah you're also manipulative but like everything he tries to do is just thwarted by sarah every time he's like oh my god <laughs> like that scene where he gets right up like you know, when they're like face to face he's like mm. oh god it's so good oh my god this movie's amazing yeah uh, the <laughs> funniest part though funniest part before we were dying <laughs> Not even a spoken joke. It's not even a spoken joke. It's just like this tiny little brief moment mm-hmm. where who who's it that's missing? It's uh It's Sarah. Sarah's missing yeah. and the queen's in the bedroom looking for her with like a with like a servant and then she's <laughs> like and you know, it's, it's a scene that doesn't really work well in description. No. You just kind of have to watch no. it. But she's just like, <laughs> she's like, find her. And the guy, and he just looks around the room. It, it had us dying in the theater. That was so good. <laughs> and there's a, a, a really funny scene with uh, Emma Stone and, and Joe Alwyn. Um her husband in the yeah. film, like <laughs> right after they got married, which I don't know <laughs> if we can say on the podcast. We probably won't. Um, that's that's really good too. You know what? You know what film this reminded me um, a lot of. Um, what's, what, what's the Love and Friendship? That's the name of it. Do you remember that film? Yes. It, it felt very similar. This to is a that. better Love and Friendship. It's, it's like a better Love and Friendship, which I really loved Love and Friendship. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really good as well, but just kind of like the way that it's the the dry wet mm-hmm. and just kind of like the uh, this one like had the... how they're working their way through this society, this oppressive society, and stuff like right. that. Right. And this one had the production value that Love and Friendship did not. Love and Friendship. That's the worst part of the movie. The sets look like they were just created it, it, it looks very much more like a like a tv like a mm-hmm. like a pbs bbc kind of production yes and this one has just gorgeous cinematography yeah like yeah. like you say roma is extremely beautiful this is like damn close to roma i i wouldn't put this close to roma but i definitely love the cinematography i, I loved 
I loved how they used the the fisheye lens because mm-hmm. like the fisheye lens is not something I normally care for. No, I just, and it's I don't so really, rarely used yeah, too. And I think it's so rarely used because it's hard to find a good <laughs> use for it. Honestly, like like stuff like you know if you're doing like a nature documentary or something, it's like okay, that's fine. Yeah. But like uh, a, a more dramatic film, it doesn't really normally find a place. But I yeah. loved it here and. And he loves that fisheye lens in this movie. He uses it so much. But I, it, it just it felt very, like, fly on the wall to me, you know? Like, that we're just kind of like this observer in this in this giant castle and just watching all these people weave into each other's lives and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, it, it's really beautiful. It, it, they really do. It, it, it also, like, it also, like, uh, highlights the, the uh, scale of the sets. Yeah. And, it's, and that's part of what makes this film look so impressive. Mm-hmm. Is because you're like, yeah, they really went for the production value on this one. Yeah. This is the best comedy of the year. I'm just realizing now, I'm like, 2018, the year of the comedy. It depends <laughs> on how you define comedy. Because 8th yeah. grade is really funny in a lot of moments. It gets into some really heavy material as well. Yeah, but it's I think also whether it can. It, <laughs> so. That's you. But and then Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is like an action comedy, and mm-hmm. so that's really funny. So I don't know if I would say this is my favorite comedy of the year, <laughs> all right, but all right, all right. it's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> um, man, you know what else we should talk about? Though, What's that? Is the costuming. Because I, I think this one should win the Oscar for costuming. Yeah. Like, this this should be the one. Because I just... All right, what's nominated? Here we go. For costuming? Yeah. I think it's this one. I think it's um, Mary Poppins, maybe? Uh, I think and Mary Poppins is only nominated for the song. Are you sure? I think so. I think it had another one. And then... Um, yeah, I don't remember... But this is... Regardless, like, this should be the one. Like... Uh, uh, Sarah's, like, it's not a dress. Like, her, like, pantsuit, like, dress duel thing was just, like, that, I was just, like, this is, like, such a perfect character choice. (laughs) It's, it's one of those things where, like, the costumes very much reflect the characters. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, why it needs to win. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, Mary Queen of Scots. I'd put Black Panther above, maybe. I think I, I think Black Panther definitely also has a really good uh, a shot at costumes are de- yeah that would that's a good one as well but I yeah. just I just think the uh, I just like the favorite ones better I think I was much more drawn to like the favorite ones mm-hmm. it's kind of like a uh, something more than just like a visual styling kind of thing right. Right. Which is not to say they don't serve a, uh, another purpose in Black Panther. No, but, yeah, no, I get what you're saying, though. But just, like, that was the standout for me, was the favorite. So, oh, Sandy Powell did both Mary Poppins Returns and The Favorite. So, she has a higher chance of getting that award. <laughs> I guess, unless she, it actually lowers her chances, because they're like, oh, we can't differentiate between these two, you know, so. <laughs> so it's such different <laughs> movies. I, I love if they're like, look, man. This is the Academy we're talking about. <laughs> oh, um, so the first time I saw The Favorite, as I was walking into the theater, this lady came out from seeing it right right before the showtime that we went to. Um, and she was like, don't see it. Awful movie. Bad oh, movie. You're telling the story? Hate it. <laughs> Hate this movie. And I'm like, oh, I really like it. Or, or, I, I think I'm going to really like it. You yeah. know, I, I really like you know, whatever. She's like, should have seen Mary Queen of Scots instead. And I'm like, all right, there it is. <laughs> and I just remember that because I just saw Mary Queen of Scots is also not. And then she turned out to be an Academy voter all along. <laughs> Twist <Yeah>. ending. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So oh, this man. one has this one has what eight nominations? The favorite eleven. Eleven, maybe. Let's see. All right. Let's see. All right. All right. I, I know. I know. It, it's tied for the first for like the right. the number one of uh, the favorite one for writing. Oh my god! Original screenplay. Oscars fix your stupid website. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's so bad. Um, it doesn't help that help that I have a small screen. It doesn't. But what are you gonna do? Okay, uh, so two for production design. Yeah, yeah. Production design would also be a be a good one. I, I don't know if it's gonna win that one. 
What's it up against now? Uh, it's, it's Black Panther, Black, same I, ones basically, but add Roman first man. Yeah. I feel like that might be the one for Black Panther. It's either going to be Black Panther the favorite, I think, in that category. I and that. I feel like that might be the one for Black Panther, because I don't think it has any shot at Best Picture at this point. No. And, but I feel like they're still going to want to give it something, just kind of like as the consolation mm-hmm. prize, which, you know... Yeah. Is a, is a whole can of worms, but... <laughs> uh, three for film editing. Four for directing. Five for costume design. Six for cinematography. Oh, one for animated film, huh? It has a best supporting... <laughs> two best Two best supportings, yeah. Yeah, okay. Rachel and Emma. And one for best actress. Mm-hmm. And best picture. And for for best picture. So those are the, those are the nominations. And, like, all of those... Very well deserved. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, the performances are definitely, um... I mean... <laughs> fantastic across the board. Like you said, Emma Stone is, like, great. <laughs> this is her best performance ever. She won for La La Land. I love La La Land. I think she's great in that. But this is so much of a stretch and something different for her, I think. To the point where it's like, you almost have to give this to her. I'm, I'm trying to think of what, what other films is she unlikable in. I'm trying. I'm trying to think because I feel like she normally plays like the likable, the likable role. Because you know? she just, as a person, is extremely likable. Um, she's like Birdman, I guess. I mean, she's the voice of reason. Yeah, I don't. I, th- guess I don't in think that... in Birdman she's supposed to be unlikable. Right. Know? But I've never. I've never seen the Help. I don't know which role she is. Is she the White Savior in the Help? Is that her role? Is that her role? I'm Probably. pretty sure that's her role. Okay. Is it's been her life raising children recently? I yeah, I think Bruce Dallas Howard is probably supposed to be the unlikable one in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Emma Stone's the white savior. <laughs> I've seen like I've seen like twenty minutes of that movie, um, like in the middle of it. Battle of the Sexes. Yeah, like she like never plays an unlikable no. character. She sometimes plays an Asian. Hello, Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I forgot she was in the House Bunny. Oh my. That was that must have been like fairly early in her career. She she looks very different. Sorry, now we're doing this. No, we're 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 on the House Bunny train. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna get on the House Bunny train. Uh, yeah, we we will we will certainly. Get on the- she does not look as different as I thought she did. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> yeah. Good movie. A little bit, a little bit. Well, definitely younger, but well, yeah. obviously that's yeah. 10 years ago at that Cat point. Dennings in that movie? That makes a lot of sense, actually. But yeah, uh, anyway. uh, looking at that filmography, I don't think she's ever played like <laughs> no. an unlikable role, and then she does it here, and it's uh, she's really good at it. Uh, let's not forget Marmaduke. <laughs> we can't forget We Marmaduke. can ne- uh, ne- never forget Marmaduke. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> Um, Isn't that the 9-11 hashtag? Whoops. <laughs> um, hashtag, please don't forget. Please, uh, we're polite about it. Yeah, this time, we're not not taking you... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Before we dig ourselves into that hole. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking this says Faye Dunaway. And I'm like, Faye Dunaway's in this movie? What is it? Oh, it's okay. It's Faye Devaney. Okay, yeah, yeah. Played Sarah's maid. Not, not even a name. Not even a no. name. Just Sarah's maid. Um. Love the ending of this movie. Yeah. I think we can end the podcast talking about the end of the movie. I mean, we kind of talked about the end of the movie at the beginning of the podcast. A little bit. But so. I think just the long, drawn-out shot on Emma Stone and on Olivia Coleman is so... That's, like, the weirdest part of the movie, maybe, where all of a sudden the bunnies start, like, uh, coming yeah. in, and then Rachel Vice's face is kind of superimposed over it, and it's like, that was a choice. I like that choice. That was a choice I was also unsure about when we, uh, when we were first watching, and that was part of, like, the Not ending, really. where I was just like... Uh, well, I think the, I think what it was is like I was wondering what he was going for at the start mm-hmm. because again I didn't know that was the end of the movie so I was like where right. is this leading mm-hmm. and I think as the ending of the movie it works really well especially speaking of how great the performances are like how much the two of them like convey with just oh, 
with with no spoken dialogue, but just facial expression. Especially like Emma Stone, where she's just like coming to this slow realization that she's like back where she was. Yeah. You know, just the servant oh, scrubbing the the queen's legs. And, oh, it's so good. And just you know the 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 look on her face. It it just conveys that so well without anything being said. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, as like as it went on, I was just like, yeah, this is really good. And then it was turned out to be the end of the movie. And I'm like, okay, that's a that's a good way to leave it off. Yes. Yeah. It, it definitely, because um, part of me was hoping for a happy ending, to be honest. Mm-hmm. A part of me was hoping that there'd be like one last plot thrust where it's like, you know, Sarah comes back with like the final plan and then, you know, mm-hmm. Abigail is kicked out of the castle and, and all that. And it was just like, I guess it's not that kind of a movie. From what but. we know about Yorgos Lanthimos, I don't think he likes happy endings. <laughs> he likes bittersweet endings, I guess. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, like, the ending of The Lobster, not, uh, I, I don't know if I want to spoil an entirely right. different film, but right. just, like, that one, it's like, you can kind of argue that to be a happy ending, in, yeah. like, a really weird and messed up form of a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. And, oh god, we got we gotta talk about this killing of a sacred deer, man. Oh, we'll, it's we'll, so we'll get good. To it. It's so good. I'm really interested in uh, mm. Dog Tooth as well. That, one's, yeah. that one sounds super interesting to me. Yeah. Just, he seems like he's he's just got a lot of things in his head, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. He's got a lot of ideas that seem a little out there. But Again, this the, the favorite really feels like the, this year's The Shape of Water to me, where it's mm-hmm. just kind of like this this eccentric director just kind of being f- weird and just having like this this weird vision, and it works so well that like the Academy can't ignore it. Right, and I love it. I I you know I love that they're like having these uh, you know they're breaking through the pack, and it's not mm-hmm. just like oh we gotta we gotta nominate the the Farley brother who did Green Book, you know. Because we, we love Green Book for some reason. <laughs> Green Book is okay by me. <laughs> like, oh, God, no. Why? It didn't challenge me in any way. And that's <laughs> yeah. the sign of a good movie. <laughs> oh, no. We won't be talking about Green Book. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wish we could, mm-hmm. but also I don't I don't really want to see it cuz I feel like I know what the movie is going to be and I know what my experience with the movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. I'll catch it if it's on Netflix or something. It's it's yeah. I, I don't know. Again, like I feel like I already know how I'm going to respond to the movie. Yeah. So I'm just like, do I really need to watch it? You might it? be surprised, Aaron. Oh. I don't think so. I don't. From everything I've heard about the movie, that's what I'm makes like, it a surprise. <laughs> is if you don't think you're going, because it, it's it's going to be the same thing with uh, Hidden Figures, where like everyone was like, "Hey, there's a lot of like problematic uh, white savior stuff in this movie that really ruins the film." And then I watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is not a really good film." Oh, you've seen Hidden Figures? Yeah, I've seen Hidden Figures. From what I've heard about Green Book, there's a lot less in Hidden Figures. I, well, I would assume because I think <laughs> yeah. I think the one advantage Hidden Figures has is it's still telling the tale of you from know, the perspective from, from the perspective of, of three black yeah, women. Yeah. But Green Book is very much telling the tale of just these two people, how mainly guy, from the perspective of the white guy. How one guy gets over being a racist. <laughs> The right. true hero of the film. The guy who gets over But racism. also how he introduces the black person to fried chicken? Like, what the blame? <laughs> <laughs> so that's nominated for Best Picture. We won't be talking about uh, Star is Born. I just don't yeah, think. L- Lacey saw it. I just didn't care to see it because I saw the 30s version and mm-hmm. I, assu- I assume the ending is going to be equally as like bad bad and, and <laughs> boring to sit through yep I still I, I, I still haven't heard any of the, the songs from the film either you will I Sunday I will yeah you'll hear the one 90 seconds of it at least what? they're cutting the songs down to just 90 second versions that was part of the uh, stipulation of including them all in the but Queen film. But Queen. But Queen. Oh, man. They're going to have a whole set, I bet. Well, because Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win Best Picture. I... I... <laughs> I might cry. <laughs> I'm being honest. I might just be like, why? Why did you do this? I don't think it has a chance. I, I think it very much is either going to be Roma, the favorite, or... Um, 
Green Book. Oh, well, two of those deserve it. And two of those deserve <laughs> it. <laughs> oh man, it's a bad year for. It's it's the not Oscars. it's not like okay yeah it's a bad year for, for like, the Oscars yeah. yeah it's like it's not that there's like a there's a, still a ton of good movies nominated mm-hmm. uh, it's just that you know. Why are Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book in the mix, and why are they? Why do they have so much, uh, you know, advantage? You know, like, like First Reformed should have been nominated. Yeah, Paddington yeah, Two sure. should have been nominated. Yeah, no, I would, I would, I could go for Paddington Two being nominated. Yeah. Although I think Eighth Grade should have been nominated, and honestly, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Like, we need another animated film that it's, breaks through again. It might never happen again, man. I feel like. It might never happen yeah. again. And that and that's kinda of like the thing holding Roma back as well, where they're like, Oh, it's if it wins best foreign film, we can't also give it best picture. It, and they when they expanded from past five movies, they should have just used it as an excuse to be like, Alright, best of the best of these two other categories can also make it in here. I mean But they just are so stupid. Yeah, I mean like that's the thing, like whenever ever since they expanded it from five pictures to a maximum of ten. It's like mm-hmm. they've never taken advantage of that fact. No. Because they've always just used it as an excuse to to nominate like the more the ones that they're they want to go for. Like like Vice. Mm-hmm. Like Vice wouldn't have made it in with just five. No. But it's such an Oscar bait film that they're yeah. just like, yeah, we can give that nomination because we have nominations Hell, to spare. Green Book wouldn't have made it if it was just five. I think I'm, Green Book would have I'm serious. I don't think it would have. I, I think I think if it would have been just five, I think it would have been Rome. Roma, uh, Green Book, uh, The Favorite, uh, Black Klansman, and um, I'm trying to think what the other eight nominees are, but, or, but definitely those four I think would be. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I feel like Black Panther wouldn't have made it in. No. Vice wouldn't have made it in. Well, Black Panther Bohemian and Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody both kind of feel like they were prepping them for best popular film. And they're like, oh, we're not doing that. Uh, put them in this category. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like if they had gone through with the best popular film award, Bohemian Rhapsody would have uh, stolen it from Black Panther. And, and it uh, would have sucked. And it would have sucked even more. I prefer this Like, route. not only not only are we relegating Black Panther to the best popular award and yeah. opening that can of worms, we are, we would, we would, they would definitely uh, award Bohemian Rhapsody over it. Yeah. The tale... I think at I, least should I don't have gotten, think the tale's not for best eligible. picture. I think it should have been nominated for like best. Why don't you think it's eligible? Because it's an HBO film, right? Um, it was like, like Sundance and stuff. Oh, so I, I think it is. Maybe, maybe. It's not. but either way, Laura Dern should have been nominated. She's amazing in that movie. Yeah, that's not just because I love Laura Dern. You know, I should have gotten a best picture nomination. Overlord. <laughs> I was going to say uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> At the very least, it should have gotten a Best Animated Feature mm-hmm. award. Like, there's some there's some good nominees this year, but... You know what I saw at Best Buy? What? Night Short, Walk On Girl. Really? Yeah. That's Wait. not the movie. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> no, uh, that is the name of the movie. Night is Short, Walk On Girl. I only said Night Night Short. Oh, Night Short, night Walk Short, Girl. Night Short, Walk Girl. Uh, on the basis of sex... Should have been nominated over Bohemian Rhapsody or Green Book? I haven't yes. seen On the Basis of Sex, but I feel like it's very much a standard biopic. Yeah, but it's one that works. Uh, but then there's even just, like, weird stuff. That, like, this was such a good year. And I feel like we just have to talk about this here because we haven't really had no other place to talk about it. That Except for our year-end roundup yeah. <laughs> episode but, was, like, two hours But that long. was us just talking about films on their own. Yeah, yeah. This was such an amazing year for movies. 2018 was such an amazing year for movies that the Academy never had any chance of nominating. Yeah. Like, and that's a shame because, like, I'll run down just my list here. Paddington 2, Spider-Man, well, I guess that's technically nominated. Mission Impossible Fallout. Mission Impossible Fallout. That's definitely, like, the kind of film that the Academy never goes for. But, like, that was definitely one of the best films of the year. I know. (laughs) Like, 
First Reformed, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, 8th grade. Halloween's a little high, I can admit that, but I love Halloween. Uh, I don't I don't think Halloween deserves to be in contention, even though I did give it multiple uh, nominations yeah. Yeah. during the errands. But I just mean, as... Maybe it's just something we need to recognize, and it's something I think we all recognize every year, is that the Oscars are so very... So white. <laughs> Oscars so white. Um, that the Oscars are so set in what they think a good movie is. Yeah. And there's nothing we're going to ever be able to do to change that. And I so. will be interested in seeing if that sh- if that starts to shift. Because it's already, it, it already has started to shift. Like, especially last year with stuff like, like Get Out getting in, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, Get Out getting in. That was a poor uh, choice of phrase, but, uh, you know... Just the idea that the Academy never goes for horror, mm-hmm. and the Academy r- rarely goes for films that tackle uh, issues of race with the kind of complexity that Get Out does. Because mm-hmm. Get Out is not uh, not like a comfortable movie when it no. comes to uh, that. It's it's not a green book. No. So uh, it's. And then this year, you know, you have films like Black Panther, you know, being the first superhero movie to ever be nominated. And, you know, it's still only, like, one out of the eight. And we still have to deal with stuff like Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you, you you hope that things are kind of, like, shifting a little bit. And that it will open it up for a more diverse set of uh, nominees. Yeah, hopefully. Because I need a simple favor to be nominated. That's where I'm at, you know. Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll get to that one as well. This, is, this is full of teases for. Uh... What about the last Hangover? Should have been nominated <laughs> best foreign film. What about uh, a Beautiful Boy? Can we, can we nominate just the scene where Steve Carell does cocaine and then it's never brought up again? Best performance in a coke snorting scene. <laughs> Steve Carell. Anyway, I, I feel like we've stopped talking about the favorite. We have stopped talking about the favorite, um, but we're talking about the Oscars and, you know... And this is the best picture this recap. Is, this is our final best picture recap, as we mentioned. And Till next year. I hope next year's so much better for picks. What's the last great year of best picture nominations? Perhaps last year? Outside of Darkest Hour? Last year had uh, quite a few good ones. I, well, I think the thing is, every year has like five or six. Like it, it, each year, usually has like four, like really great ones. Then like three where you're like, or, or two or three where you're like, yeah, that's pretty good. And then one where you're just like, what are they smoking? <laughs> Darkest hour was the what are you smoking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely uh, for last year. And then the year before that was probably, like, Lion. Yeah. Which I think is the only one from that year I still haven't seen. Lion's not good. Um, oh, shoot. Careful. Oh, Aaron's gonna spill water. Um, yeah, last year... Oh, yeah, last year, I've, I've since I've watched Call Me By Your Name now, I've seen uh, every nominee from last year you at this point. You saw Darkest Hour? Yeah. Why? Because my dad really likes that movie. Okay. Yeah, he's he's like this is so much better than Dunkirk because it, it tells you all about uh, the history and you know it actually educates you and I'm like, that's not that's not what the point of Dunkirk was. <laughs> oh gosh, Hacksaw Ridge was not a great choice either. Hacksaw Ridge has uh, has some good moments. I guess it's it's not anything great. No. 2016 outside of that, though, Moonlight... Oh, I haven't seen Fences yet, so I I didn't see two of 2016, but Manchester by the Sea, La La Land, Moonlight, Arrival, all really great films, and then A Hell or High Water and Hacksaw Ridge. I'm like, yeah, there aren't. 2016 probably contains the most... Possibly, I don't know. We're looking back at it. I feel uh, like most go- movies that are in like my top fifty with La La Land and Manchester. Check out least. 2014 because I feel like 2014. Birdman. I'm trying to remember American what. Sniper. Boyhood. Okay, American never mind. It's not as good as I thought it was. Yeah. Whip, yeah, Whiplash, Boyhood, and Birdman are good. And, well, Selma's really good, too. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of, I'm leaning no, over to look no, at the computer screen, so I'm also you know leaning what? into the mic. You know what? 2015's amazing. Spotlight, Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mer- Mad Max, Fury Road. Uh, I'm not a big Martian fan, but The Revenant and Room. 
the, Marsh, the Martian is definitely the weakest of the bunch, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Revenant. But all of those are there's no none of those where I'm like they're they're a bad movie. I, no. I really like the Martian. That's probably the strongest year in recent memory. Yeah, uh, 2013. I haven't seen any of these. You haven't seen anything from 2013. Gravity. I've seen uh, and and Wolf of Wall Street. I've seen yeah, all of them right. except for Nebraska and Philomena. We're we're definitely gonna get to her and Gateway to Cinema, and that's one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. So uh, that would have been my pick. I, I I didn't really care for Twelve Years a Slave. I think we talked about that on the podcast before, where have. that was very much one of those like uh, Oscar Beatty movies, where it was like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna tackle slavery again, and remember how bad slavery was, but also we're not going to uh, you know do anything that would make the people who are, you know, currently perpetuating racist uh, institutions to uh, feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen when much those from movies? 2012. <laughs> you know. Uh, actually, I've seen most of these, now that I'm saying that out loud. I always forget I've seen Argo. 2012 Argo, Best Pick really is definitely Life of Pi. Yeah. Yeah, I love Les, Les Miserables, though, as well. Uh, Link and I saw, fell asleep, sorry. Did not like Les Miserables. <laughs> I know, you didn't. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook's one of my favorites of all time. Kathleen Kennedy. Like the Kathleen Kennedy? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I mean, didn't it was know a that. Steven Spielberg film, so it's I didn't know that. they worked together that much. Uh, 2011, Artist Haven't Seen. Um, 2010 was pretty good, and... Some respect. Oh, but that's then they the then year they that, awarded the king the speech. Yeah, what the? Hell? No, I think they extended in two thousand nine because it was af- it was after the Dark Knight got uh, mm. snubbed that yeah. they uh, decide to expand it again. Yeah, twenty ten is really good. Toy Story three was that the last one that was? That's the last like animated film that got into the uh, mm. best picture. I mean, Social Network's my favorite from that. Oh, for sure. Um, Inception's extremely close. Um, Toy Story 3 is great. True Grit's really good. Yeah. 127 hours got nominated. Yeah, there's a few of those I haven't seen, but yeah, The King's Speech was like a bad choice. I like The King's Speech. Like, it's it's a, one of those movies that as you're watching it, I'm like, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. But yeah, then it doesn't, not anything that really lasts with you or stays with you or anything. Um, but it's one of those, it's also one of those things where it's hard to see that in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I can understand maybe voting for The King's Speech and being like, this is the best one. Um, yeah, yeah. Hurt remember Lock. when Avatar got nominated? Holy crap! No, I didn't remember that. Yeah. You didn't remember that? I didn't know that got nominated. Yeah, yeah. Avatar oh, got nominated for Best Picture. So did The Blind Side. Well, I knew The Blind Side was nominated. <laughs> so, up and up in the air. <laughs> that would have been confusing if one of those had won in the. Uh... <laughs> At the first word, you're like, which is it? <laughs> which is it? Like, they're both just, like, holding onto their armors, like, looking at the other group, like, which of us is going to stay up? <laughs> um, yeah, 2008 was not really good. I have not seen any of those. I've just, I've only seen The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and it's one of Fincher's weakest films, mm-hmm. so. Wow. Yikes. Uh, no Country for Old Men, Atonement, Juno, Michael Clayton, There Will Be Blood. Of those, No Country for Old Men uh, was the right choice, and There Will Be Blood is like... I had no clue Juno was nominated for Best Picture either. I really like that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's really Best Picture, but it's... it's and then really Little Miss Sunshine was nominated the year before. Like Those seem like also kind of oddball choices. Mm-hmm. It's, I wonder if like if if we were to review the entire history of the Academy, like at which points does it like fluctuate between, uh, like the standard expected Oscar bait picks and like all these kind of like oddball and more unique choices, and I wonder if that's just kind of like another cyclical thing where each time like kind of like a new guard of the Academy comes in, there's like a brief moment where it's like all these things are coming in, and then eventually it kind of like settles again and yeah. stagnates and uh, needs new blood again. And I wonder if we're just like at the we, beginning of new at, blood. yeah, at the beginning yeah. of a new cycle of that. I, I'm getting to the point where I haven't seen like any of these. Yeah, I mean, 2003 was a good choice for uh, Return of the King. Yeah, right. I mean, of those choices, sure, I haven't seen Lost in Translation. Master and Commander is pretty good. Uh, and I've seen Sea Biscuit, but I don't really remember it that well. 
Is that a is that a Spielberg movie? Seabiscuit? No. Kathleen Kennedy is. It's not a Spielberg movie, but uh, I don't remember who directed it. Um, oh, yeah. 2001, they missed so many good choices. Because 2001 has like four of my like top ten favorite films of all time yeah. in just that year. But hmm. I understand why like Mulholland Drive was like never going to get a chance at the, uh, the best picture. Never. But also, never. A Beautiful Mind... It's fine. Yeah. It's weird. That it, It's, like, weird in, like, a not weird way. Like, it's just kind of, like, weird how they dramatize his illness. Mm-hmm. And it's, like... It's, it's one of those films where you're like, should I be uncomfortable watching this? Like, the way they're treating what this guy was going through? But also, it's kind of really entertaining? And you're yeah. just, like... <laughs> I... Did Ron Howard direct that? Yeah, Ron Howard. Possibly my favorite movie of his that I've seen. I haven't seen Apollo 13. I know that's the one a lot of people point to. Apollo 13 is pretty good. Um, not, not, you're not a solo in Star Wars uh, story? For <laughs> nope. Uh, nah, now we're just going back to the 90s. Titanic. I mean, worst worst best picture. Uh, Titanic. Worst picture winner. Titanic. Worst picture. <laughs> English Patient. I mean, that's the worst choice. Connects to Fargo. Next to Fargo, I definitely should have been Fargo. Come on, man. Remember when Babe got nominated for Best Picture? No, but okay. (laughs) Like, you know, whatever. Forrest Gump. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Over Pulp Fiction and The Shawshank. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, okay. Sure. Schindler's List, though. That's a good choice. Yeah. Unforgiven, I still need to watch, but I'm excited for that. Silence of the Lambs. That was a good choice. There we go. We need more horror films to win Best Picture is what we need. Oh, Green Book. Oh, yeah, Driving the State. Reverse Green Book. <laughs> Reverse Green Book. <laughs> See, we don't need to give Green Book the award. We already gave it to <laughs> we us. We already did it in 1989. <laughs> Back when we solved racism the first time. <laughs> yeah. Why are we out here still trying to solve racism? <laughs> Oh my god. Chariots of Fire against Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, are you kidding me? No one remembers Chariots of Fire outside of the score. Like, that's the only thing that has any cultural staying power. And again, I think it's easy to look back on stuff like this and be like. I mean, to a certain extent, it's like you can't tell in the moment what's going to, you know, have the biggest impact on culture. But on the (laughs) other hand, you can be like, it sure as hell isn't going to be Darkest Hour. (laughs) Or Chariots of Fire. (laughs) Uh, Rocky. Rocky, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Midnight Cowboy, just saw that one. It's a good choice. In the Heat of the Night. Not over the graduate, but, you know. No, certainly not. Anyway. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we're... Oh, man. What? Oh, man. My Fair Lady over Dr. Oh, man. Talk about a movie that has very little impact, and then one that has, like, the most impact on film. My Fair Lady is on the uh, AFI Top 100, Mm -hmm. so I will be watching it. I mean, I've, I've seen, like, the first half hour of the movie. Yeah. I've read the play on Pot in which it's based and I'm just like I never feel like sitting down for like a three hour adaptation of this. But talk about a movie that deserves best picture, but I will never watch again Lawrence of Arabia. (laughs) Like a like a filmmaking achievement. Yeah. But my God. (laughs) That's it's insurmountable. So, uh, the, the thing that should get, like, my, uh, cinephile, uh, fan club card taken away is the fact that I watched Lawrence of Arabia on a phone. Uh, so just, uh, throwing that out there to, uh, you know, let everyone know that I watched one of the most, uh, epic and, you know... Yeah, the, the, the film that's like most notable for it's like wide cinematography <laughs> and I watch it on a phone because the thing is I rented it on Amazon and then my rental was going to expire and uh-huh. I had to have a bus <laughs> I had to take a bus and I was like well I have an 8 hour bus ride perfect time to watch a 4 hour movie but Amazon doesn't let you download films to your computer so I was like guess I'm watching it on my phone 
Guys, this has been Reba Hardy Underway's Best Picture Recap, talking about the favorite, kind of. Like 30 minutes of the favorite, 20 minutes of whatever the hell this has been. Yeah, yeah. Probably not a really good podcast. But, eh. uh... Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah. But join us next week when we're starting a little something new. Do we start it next week? I think so. Okay. Oh boy, do we got a great episode planned for you guys? Because <laughs> well, we're, we do, we're doing the movie the, uh... we think we're doing, right? Okay, I'm just wondering if like we're starting off with the one I'm thinking we're starting off with. Are there wands in it? <laughs> Only if the wands are a metaphor for something else. <laughs> Both, then. <laughs> All right. We're thinking of the same thing. Yeah, we are thinking of the same thing. <laughs> um, so that's going to be a very interesting episode, I guarantee it. But uh, we'll also be... Uh, we'll have put up an episode of our uh, our predictions for the Academy yep. Awards uh, on the main podcast. And we're also going to do a, a Oscars recap after the ceremony. Yes. So look forward to those as well. Oh, I hope we're not as disappointed as I think we're going if, to be. If Bohemian Rhapsody or Green Book wins, uh, it's going to be a depressing episode. Like, it's not even going to be a good up or good or bad episode. It's just going to be like, what do we even say at this point? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll talk about it soon. Guys, thanks for listening. If you want to find us around the internet, find uh, Aaron at My Honest Opinion on Tumblr. MyHonestOpinion.com slash, you know, that's a Tumblr thing. And then Honest Opinion on Twitter. You can find me at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. Jake Lace on Tumblr. Posting my end of the year stuff. Again, believe it when I see it. <laughs> Posting very soon. Mm. Sooner than you might think. Oh. Did you think Sunday? I did think Sunday. <laughs> then no, you you're right on the money. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I didn't think Sunday. I thought you were gonna get to Sunday and be like, oh yeah, I totally forgot to write those, and I'll, I'll get them out after the Oscars, and then you know, and then it'll be 2018. And then, and then it'll be, it'll be like 2020. before next year's Oscars. <laughs> I will put them up. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you want to find David from the main podcast can't speak find him at dbex with two s's 15 on twitter and if you want to find the podcast find us on itunes soundcloud uh facebook. twitter facebook twitter uh and email us at freefoodonyunderway at gmail.com guys thank you for listening join us next week when we talk a little bit a little bit about movie with some wands in it mm. <laughs> no one could see that no one wanted to see that <laughs> Expelliarmus. <laughs> Just end this, alright? <laughs>